All right, the defending World Series champion Texas Rangers are preparing to defend their title, and out to the KDUS hotline we go. We're now joined the Sports Zone by Stephen Stevenson of Inside Rangers, and uh, that's at si.com, and also uh, Stephen Stevenson uh, at uh, on X. Uh, you can check him out there, and uh, good stuff there, and I'm sure. All right, let's get to the uh, you know the uh, let, let's go back to last year first. Yeah, you know, they surprisingly won the World Series, at least to some. Even though if you watched them a lot during the regular season, you all shouldn't have been that surprised. But this was after they lost the American League West during that last weekend in Seattle. Then the playoffs began, and they you know, ran through the Rays right away. How did they flip the switch so quickly from into that regular season to the start of the playoffs? Boy, that's a good question. Uh, I think Bruce Bochy is still amazed. At, uh, he, he just talked about that a couple of days ago. Um, uh, the the resiliency that the team showed after that series in Seattle to go to fly across country to Tampa Bay and to uh, turn on a switch. And I really, I guess the, the biggest credit for that playoff run has to go to uh, the back end of the bullpen uh, that really shored up what had been a, a really leaky aspect of the team. And Jose Leclerc and Josh Spores, even Aroldis Chapman, um, I mean, the offense, as you pointed out, I mean, the, the Rangers offense and, and everyday lineup was as about as productive as you can get in the majors last year. It was the the back end of the bullpen. Uh, I think they blew 35, 34 games. Um, so, and that really bit them when it came to the end of the season and the Astros were surging and they both ended with 90 wins and the, the Astros uh, got the tiebreaker for the division title, um, largely due to the fact that the Rangers' bullpen just struggled uh, mightily during the regular season. But they turned it around in the postseason, and the offense just kept on doing what it does. You mentioned Bruce Bochy. Uh, obviously, you know we've been watching him, baseball fans, for years. We saw him a lot when he was obviously in San Francisco being here in Arizona playing against the Diamondbacks. What impressed you most about the way he managed the Rangers season? I love the term baseball manager because it's 162 games, and they really manage as much as they do anything else. So what impressed you the most about his managerial skills? Well, he's just so laid back and comfortable in his own skin. I mean, he's an older guy. He turned 69 in April. I mean, he knows who he is, so he's not worried about uh, impressing anybody and um, he's certainly got skins on the wall, like you mentioned, uh, with three titles with the Giants. Uh, coming in here, uh, he has all the respect from the players, the old players uh, that have been around, the, the young players know about his history. Um, and then when it comes to the actual baseball moves, I mean, uh, he's got a track record of knowing how to use his bullpen, especially when uh, there's questions all over the place and uh, riding the hot hand and uh, reading guys uh, mentally and physically. So uh, that, that's really what I took away from uh, the postseason is uh, just how he, along with pitching coach Mike Maddox, who's been around for a long time and has a lot of respect uh, from the players, uh, the way they handled the, the, the bullpen and even moving uh, – 
uh, normal starters into middle relief guys, uh, and nobody complained. Everybody was on on the same page and uh, just wanted to do whatever it took to try to get a title, and, uh, and, and it paid off. Okay, I will get to Mike Maddox, I promise, here momentarily in a little more detail. Uh, before we uh, – let, let's move on to 2024 here a little bit too. Uh, Jordan Montgomery remains a free agent. How much of this is the fact that he's a Scott Boris client? How much of it might be the Rangers TV deal? Is there something else going on there that I don't know about? You know, what's what's the, 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 uh, the deal with Montgomery? Do you think he might uh, resign anyway at some point? Uh, General Manager Chris Young was asked about that yesterday, and he basically said that he didn't see the club making any more moves when he was he was asked directly about Jordan Montgomery. Uh, Rangers fans desperately would love the team to to sign him uh, after what he did for the club uh, a year ago. Um, the the issue is it's not necessarily what. Montgomery in his asking price and uh, and, and Boris being a tough negotiator and all that goes with that. It's really about um, what his salary, if the Rangers did sign him, what it would do to their luxury tax penalty, uh, not only for this year, but in the years to come, because it would most likely be a three or four year deal, if not longer. And, uh, for Montgomery, and uh, it would push them into uh, stiffer, steeper luxury tax penalties, and that's what they're trying to – they would most uh, likely try to avoid. It's not just a straight-up salary. I mean, I, I think uh, the Rangers' ownership would love to bring him back, and I think most reports indicate that Jordan Montgomery would love to come back, but um, – it, it's the it's the scope of what he's asking for, which is between twenty and twenty five million a year, and how many years it would be. And I, I just think um, unless that number comes down a little bit, um, I don't see it happening. But um, it is a little weird that he's still out there along with uh, several other Boris clients. That's right. Top top four guys, they're still out there in free agency. Are all Boris clients at this point, uh, which is uh, yeah. used to be an, it used to be kind of an annual event, but uh, you know it's back to that again <laughs> this year. Um, also, you know the Rangers, you know, Max Scherzer and Jacob Degrom are obviously both coming off of surgeries in the last year or so. Uh, when might we see them this season? I assume we're going to see them at some point this season. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, they fully expect them all, all, all three of them, including Tyler Molly, uh, a guy yeah. they signed uh, as a free agent. Um, Max Serzer had uh, back surgery in December, and he's the first one who they expect to uh, be back by June. Um, there's no issues with his arm. It's just about recovering from back surgery and the herniated disc that he had. Uh Molly, they hope to have, who's, who's coming back from Tommy John surgery from a year ago, they hope he's on track to be back in July and be available. And DeGrom, who just started throwing on Monday, uh, his first time throwing the ball since his June Tommy John surgery, 
Um, he says he feels great and and everything's on track, but that that's probably not till late July, if not August, for Degrom. Hmm. So it's uh, they're they're not putting the you know a, a definite time and dates out there on all three of them, but that that's the general feeling is. June for Scherzer, July for Molly, and August, early August for DeGrom. Stephen Stevenson, currently in the sports zone. All right, so if I got this right, I'm you know, I'm just stealing this from roster resource. Uh, you know, Nathan Navaldi, John Gray, Andrew Heaney, Dane Dunning, and I think uh, you know Chris Bradley uh, would be the uh, rotation to start the season. How's Mike Maddox, uh, the previously mentioned Mr. Maddox, uh, try to uh, – you know, work his way through this. Well, I think, uh, uh, are you thinking of uh, Dave Dunning or Cody Bradford? as the Cody Bradford. Yeah, I'm sorry, Cody Bradford. Yeah. My bad on that one. Yes. Yeah. No, yeah, no, Cody's certainly in the mix along with uh, Dane Dunning and right. Evaldi and John Gray and Heaney. Um, uh, what, what did you ask me about Mike, Mike Maddox? Yeah, it'd be interesting to see how he massages his way through this group, right? Yeah, absolutely, and they and they're hoping that uh, their first round pick from uh, a couple of years ago, Jack Leiter, uh, really mm. shows them something this spring and, and gives them a reason to uh, potentially carry him uh, on the opening day roster and maybe uh, have him come out of the bullpen um, early on to get his feet wet. Uh, Owen White is another guy that uh, who, who got a, a taste last year. Uh, who they have hopes uh, that uh, could be one of those bridge guys, or if not, uh, step in and and uh, make some starts. Um, I mean, there. But you're right. There, uh, there is a question about the rotation, and just as far as um, innings and uh, how 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 long these guys can go, and is if they can get to. July when uh, they hope Scherzer and Molly and then later DeGrom are back uh, to, to start taking up some of those innings. Okay, so let's uh, get on to the position players here. Uh, World Series MVP Corey Seager had hernia, uh, hernia surgery recently here. Uh, when might yep. we see him in the, in, the, uh, in the regular season? They're hoping that he's uh, available by opening day, but they're not going to rush it. Uh, they see no no reason to, uh, uh, to to pull out all the stops to make sure he's available for opening day. But by all accounts, that's what they expect. He he's been out. Corey Seager's been out uh, in Arizona this whole time, recovering. Uh, position players aren't due here until Monday, but that that's the timetable. They they hope that he's uh, resuming baseball activities the last couple weeks of March, and is able to to start. Uh, on opening day, March 28th, but uh, that's not set in stone either. Okay, so as we both mentioned, the offense went healthy. I mean, they were really you know, amongst baseball's elite for almost the entire season a year ago. What impressed you the most about their offensive success in 2023? Well, I think uh, you got you kind of expect it from Seager and Simeon, um, it's the guys like Josh Young, the, the young third baseman who was an all-star a year ago. It's the catcher, Jonah Heim, who was an all-star and a gold glover. Uh, those guys 
and the production that they provided, uh, it wasn't uh, unexpected. They had high hopes with Josh Young and certainly uh, uh, appreciated uh, Jonah Himes' skills as a catcher behind the plate. Uh, but those guys uh, stepped up and delivered, and then uh, they obviously called up Evan Carter, the, the their, yes. their number one prospect in September. And uh, again, they had high hopes and uh, and and believed uh, that he was the hitter that he showed it, that he was at least in that brief time in the postseason. And he they expect him to be the le- everyday left fielder uh, starting on opening day. Um, but then, but then you get to guys like Adolis Garcia, who who really became a star during the postseason. That uh, sort of, um, uh, I think he's, kind of, he, I think he surprises people with his power and the home runs and the RBIs. He's led them in RBIs um, a few seasons now, and, and uh, to have that in the middle of your lineup uh, behind Seager and Simeon and Young, who has power. Um, it's just kind of a relentless lineup. Uh, it's a kind of a manager's dream. You mentioned Carter. I mean, the dude's just 21 years old, and you know, he came uh, kind of out of nowhere. I knew you know of him. I didn't uh, you know, really had seen him until like September <laughs> last year. Yeah, nobody he has. has an un- nobody has. Yeah, he has. Yeah, he has an incredible understanding of the strike zone for a young player. Do we? How did he develop that at the age of 21, basically? Man, I, you know, Boatsy is, uh, we've asked him a lot about that, and he, he seems just as impressed as you and I are, and the average fan. Uh, it's just it's an innate uh, skill, the, the, the hand-eye coordination. Uh, he just sees the ball so well. Um, I, I, you know, it's one of those things where uh, you can learn um, technique uh, and how to hit, and how to handle certain pitches, but if you're not seeing the ball, if you're not seeing the ball clearly, um, you can't can't be as uh, as picky as he is. And I think it's funny because he's such a young unknown guy when he came up for the last three weeks of the regular season that uh, there were times when he did not get a couple calls where uh, if he had been in the league for five years, he probably would have because he, he does mm-hmm. have that that good of. Uh, plate coverage and and, and, and eyes for the strike zone. Target Rangers with Stephen Stevenson. Okay, so Wyatt Langford is a hot prospect. Uh, we in yeah. the fantasy baseball world are definitely aware of him. Uh, might we see him in Arlington this season? Yeah, uh, it's funny because uh, in the past, the Rangers would have probably – at least uh, uh, publicly, from a public perception standpoint, would have slow played a guy like Wyatt Langford and wouldn't be so open about, hey, uh, this guy has a chance to make it if he if he shows shows us what we need to see in the spring. That's how they've been, and they, they're basically, you know, they don't want to they don't want to have him on the roster and have him where he's sitting half the time and uh, only DH and um, every other game and not playing the field, but. If he's if he shows uh, the kind of power and hitting skills that uh, that he showed in the, his brief time in the minors, because uh, he was he was drafted in July and went from 
low A to triple A within uh, about a month and a half. Um, mm. And it hit every mark and um, impressed all the coaches down in the, in the on the farm system and has impressed uh, the major league staff with his his ability to uh, see the ball and to protect the plate. And I, I there there's a a very good chance that uh, they will do what it takes to to have him on the opening day roster if it looks like he's ready in the spring. I don't think they're going to uh, play any kind of games with him. All right. The spring training is, is, the, is not having a, go ahead. a place for him to play in the field. Right. Actually, some of the questions I've heard is, is there a place for him to play in the field? Even the, you know, maybe I had this – Apparently, he might not have the defensive skills to play in the major leagues right now. Well, uh, that compared to like the current starting center fielder, Leo Tavares, yeah. uh, is a very good plus center fielder defensively, and, and right. not too not too shabby at the plate either. Um, that mm-hmm. that that would seem to be the place where Wyatt Langford would be, or Evan Carter would move to center field and Wyatt would play left, essentially. Uh, but I think if any of the outfielders uh, got hurt uh, or had any kind of nagging injury, uh, if Langford shows them what they hope that he, they, he, he shows them in the spring, he'd be like the first guy up if he doesn't make the opening day roster. All right, so the uh, baseball prospectus per coda uh, projection for the Rangers is 86 wins. Uh, over or under the 86 wins, in your opinion? I got to go over. They, uh, I think their bullpen is going to be much better. Like I said, they, they, they blew 34 saves a year ago. Uh, I think it was the second most in the majors. With with David Robinson, Kirby Yates joining the bullpen, along with Jose Leclerc and Josh Spores, um, maybe Cody Bradford in there, a couple other guys. I don't see him blowing that many games. If they're starting rotation, can hold the line until Scherzer and Molly and DeGrom are, are available. Um, I, 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 I would predict more like 95 wins. They won 90 a year ago. Uh, if they just have a halfway decent bullpen, that's a 105-win team a year ago. So uh, I, think, I think 86 is a, a low bar because I, I, I don't see the offense slowing down at all. Okay, last up, what are a couple other spring training storylines for you in the, uh, covering the Rangers? Well, I think we, we touched on a lot of the Wyatt Langford is uh, an is, interesting guy to watch. Jack Leiter, their, their uh, number one pick uh, from a couple years ago. Uh, he's somebody that uh, a lot of fans are wanting to keep an eye on, and he has a chance to, to make the opening day roster. Um, we talked to him this morning, and he uh, – he, basically, what he did after they they shut him down uh, in uh, last summer uh, when he was struggling, and basically he he said he he, he just uh, changed the way he looked at the game and and tried to make it more simple. He was he, he had too many things in his head, uh, too many too, too too many thoughts swirling around with every pitch, and he 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 got back to basics and uh, he's just throwing and trying to be 
the pitcher that he has been um, in the past uh, that made him a number two overall pick. Um, that's one guy that, uh, that that I think a lot of people are interested to see and see how he does mm-hmm. and looks uh, this spring. Sounds good. Stefan, we really appreciate the time. Thanks for making time for us. You know, you got a lot going on here at the start of spring training. So uh, thank you very much. Hey, no problem. I hope I wasn't rambling too much. No, no, no such thing. <laughs> uh, I'm the I ramble for I ramble for three hours a morning here. So there you go. Awesome. Thank, thanks, thanks much. We'll be talking. Thank I'm you. sure. See you. Have a good day. Stephen Stevenson inside the Rangers at SI, and also you can check him out at uh, at uh, Stephen versus uh, the versus text T E X on X. A lot of stuff there, but uh, check all that out and. Uh, Rangers, uh, sorry, Diamondbacks fans, but uh, the Rangers are a team that uh, I find intriguing uh, because of a lot of the things we talked about there. And hopefully they can get this Jordan Montgomery thing worked out, but Scott Boris is the agent. All right.